This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Speaking of Twitter, how do you reach out to us? Well, AMI-audio can be found at the handle, at AMI-audio. That's at AMI-audio. You can follow along with what's happening on the program. You can see what's going on with all the other shows and interact. That's at AMI-audio on Twitter. Run me available at AllRams on Twitter. At AllRams with a Z. I'm at AMI-Kelly-Mac. AMI-Kelly-Mac. Appreciate the follows. Feedback at AMI.ca. Maybe you've got a question about... AMI-TV, AMI-Tele, or AMI-Audio. Send it to the gang at communications and marketing departments over there. Feedback at AMI.ca, and they'll be happy to help you out answering or passing it on. If you want to check out the Accessible Media Inc. Facebook page, that's available to you as well. You can like it if you choose, but certainly enjoy some of the great content placed out there and keep up with what's going on over here at Accessible Media Inc. Ramia Muthan, my co-host, she's at the home studio in Toronto. Kelly McDonald here at the home studio, London, Ontario. At his home studio, hanging out in Vancouver, ready to join us to talk health headlines at this point on a, on a Wednesday as we work our way through the week, is Grant Hardy, reporter. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Hello, Kelly and Ramia. Well, I'm actually doing pretty good today, but uh, I'm going to try and put on my angry hat for a second. Here. Oh gosh, that's that because big red one. Talking, <laughs> you're you're just glad you're in Ontario and I'm in BC uh, because we are talking about how to channel your rage into a successful workout. I just realized that oh. that actually sounded vaguely oh. threatening, and I did not mean it to. So just, just to <laughs> it's rage in the cage in the workout. Um, you know, the wrestlers would say that. We trust you won't harm yes. us. absolutely not um you know uh this is an article from self now the 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 feel good effects of rage workouts are uh, double pronged they can help you feel strong and capable during the actual session and then afterwards they can help you feel less uh incensed now we have biology to thank for making us feel so strong during our rage fueled workouts that's because anger can trigger the fight or flight response, making your body think it's preparing to flee a dangerous situation or fight an enemy, even if that enemy is just an annoying work email you received, uh, can really get those endorphins going, which spark a process sending more blood to your muscles, which gives your muscles extra energy in the form of oxygen. So your perception of how easy the workout is may be skewed. However, though the science is pretty clear on why we feel so dominant during an anger field workout, it's a little less obvious exactly what's making us feel better afterwards. It certainly could be due to the powerful chemicals our brains release while working up a sweat. But researchers are also just saying that it may be the simple fact that you're getting your mind off of your anger. So with that in mind, we have some tips for a successful rage workout. Uh, Consider what kind of movement you need. In many cases, this may be a favorite class, going to a class where you kind of know the overall drill, can perfect the distraction. When you're too upset to think clearly, having someone tell you what to do is helpful. And also ask yourself, 
what would satisfy me right now and what will be easy, easy for me to get to? Uh, second tip, check your environment. So once you know what you feel like doing, make sure you can let loose in a way that won't bother anyone else, right? If you're going to be too, uh, you know, you, I don't know, noisier than usual, but you're in a gym or you have other people uh, around you, they recommend maybe putting on your intense, angry playlist to groove out to instead over your earphones. Uh, they say don't skip your warm-up. This is really important, especially since your uh, primed to go body is going to be telling you otherwise, uh, but doing a warm up is going to be uh, hard, but uh, it gradually increases your core temperature and blood flow to your muscles, which helps you physically and mentally prepare for your workout. And that's especially important, important if you go harder, faster, or longer than usual. Uh, and they also have a few other tips like to practice mindfulness. Uh, practice your cool down routine as well. Make make sure that you're cooling off appropriately and reevaluating as you're going through your workout. And also, just to clarify, don't use working out as your only way to channel your rage. So that if you're injured or if there is you know something more seriously that you have to deal with, process some emotions. Don't just use exercise as your only out outlet for those emotions. Uh, what do you guys think? Have you ever done the angry rage workouts or is it more of a, I don't know, kind of thing where you go into it calm from the start or more of a routine thing? Mm. I, well, I've done, you know, being annoyed about something, gone in and worked out. And I find generally it's just tiring. I, like you, you do the workout, but I would be so frustrated and lifting those weights and the, the weight of them felt like you're pushing back. It would make me angrier to where, where I would end up working out harder and then I'd end up being tireder. So it does definitely on, in the long run either calms you down because you get so tired, but definitely I can totally relate to how you feel in the way of strength. You know, if you're angry, you do more, um, you grab on and, you know, do your lifting and, and lifts. I think where I've always gotten worried because I've always been told, don't get all nasty. Don't be banging the, 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 the weights or anything <laughs> like that. So there's always such a, yeah, but don't be angry because if you clank a weight or damage something, you might, or you lift, you might pull something or it, it's just, I've always been taught no good comes of it. So it's definitely been something that I've done, but tried to be very wary because I hear those voices in my head. You'll break any of that equipment. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. For sure. No, it, it really is. And ahead, the thing is for me, I can't remember a lot of people say, you know, think about how you're going to feel after, right? Like after your record, especially if you're kind of resentful going in or you're not really sure or you're, Hey, just not feeling it that day. Um, that's what I work with. Like the not necessarily how I'm going to feel afterwards, but the rage of not wanting to work out while I'm working out. <laughs> so, so <laughs> afterwards, I do feel much better, and um, I feel you know less stressed or more calm or just just a little more clear uh, cognitively. But I don't remember what why I brought that up was because I don't remember all that like the good feels when I'm going in for a workout I don't think okay I'm gonna feel so great afterwards remember how it makes you feel I don't remember any of that stuff but I go in thinking oh nobody wants to work out right now oh my gosh why did I sign up for this and then afterwards I feel much better 
So I don't think that that yeah, this is what the article is highlighting at all. But I'm just saying it's my experience. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's interesting your your experience. I I certainly think there's an element. It's just amazing how much our emotions are are regulated by kind of our environment and activity. Like I've had those moments where I've been so hung up on something, you know, I just happened to go for a nice long walk for an unrelated reason. And I kind of come back and I realize, like, oh man, this is not actually a big deal at all. Yeah. Or here's, here's another yep. sort of way the, to the saying, so, clear your huh. head, right? The different things. And we all yeah. know what things help us clear our head, calm us down, the kinds of things to think about to at least, if you're not feeling great, make you laugh. Oh, that's, that's exactly it. Awesome. Um, one other thing that's important when you're doing a workout is water. And that leads into my next headline here from CTV News. Uh, we've all heard this uh, thing that you should be drinking eight glasses of water a day. Uh, it's actually yeah. a myth. So researchers looked at the water intake and patterns of more than 5,000 people across 26 countries and found that how much water our bodies actually require depends on a myriad of factors, including environment, health, pregnancy, and age. And according to the study, those with less ability to grab a glass of water on a whim may be the ones who need it the most. So this was published in the uh, peer-reviewed journal Science last week, and it found that the daily average of optimal water consumption ranges from between one liter per day and six liters per day. That's huge discrepancy depending on the person. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that makes pinpointing a guideline really difficult. There are also outliers too, and that turned out to be really difficult. Uh, The variation means that pointing to one average doesn't tell you much. Uh, In order to get a broad sample of water turnover, more than 90 researchers worked together to collect data on 5,600 people ranging from eight days to 96 years old. They measured water turnover by having participants drink an amount of water that contains specific trackable hydrogen and oxygen isotopes, no different from any other drinkable water, but distinguishable on the atomic level within a simple, uh, within a sample of urine. If you uh, measure uh, the rate of which a person is eliminating those stable isotopes through their urine over the course of a week, the hydrogen isotope can tell you how much water they're replacing and the elimination of the oxygen isotope can tell you how many calories they are burning. So that's how they compared all that data. And interestingly, they found that people in more poor areas, uh, poor countries with the least access to safe drinkable water, obviously it's not uh, as easy as just turning on the tap in most places in the world. Uh, those people often end up being in hotter temperatures. They're mm-hmm. doing more manual labor. They're often the people who are suffering the most because they actually uh, have the greatest water turnover and would require the most water. Um, so some of those conclusions are, I mean, not great, but it does uh, sort of at least address the question that this eight glass of the water rule is really a myth. I mean, how could it not be, right? We don't all have a set food No, and conditions and the other things we do. I'm a a big coffee person early in the day, and I'm trying to back that off a bit because 
I don't, I'm not a big water drinker in the morning. So I've been trying to balance it out, make sure that I have what I'm supposed to eat the rest of the day. I love my water, but I've heard this myth and thought, uh oh, uh oh, that's all I need. Is it just to be going into mm. cells and puffing me out or retaining water and being <laughs> a problem unless I'm burning it off enough? But that's a fantastic stat. One liter versus those who might need six based on all those very understandable, Ramya, um, reasons. Yeah, most definitely. I, I I really do think even if you consider like how much water you should drink as a baseline, um, that baseline can be different for different people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a water I, drinker, I, Grant? I'm, I, you know what? <laughs> I am, but the older I get, the more I have to remember to drink water. But I, I gotta tell you, I mm. keep waiting for this article that says it's okay to slam back as much coffee as I drink during the day <laughs> you and my, me both Kelly and it still yes. hasn't come up yet I when we when we had a Vancouver bureau they're they're like oh you can drink as much coffee as you want Grant there's there's no limit and I go okay th- this is how much I'm drinking what <laughs> oh yeah well I think you've just found our limit yeah yeah, and, and you do feel it with coffee, I find, and a lot of it is the dehydrating, or as they say, I've learned about the reheating it later, right? Throw it in the microwave, and people say, oh my gosh, that's not good. And I'm like, what? You know, and, and I've noticed little weird side effects. So I've said to myself, self, got to cut back a bit on that, but I've always, and luckily enough, liked the taste of water. So I've always been been good with that, but then I this comes up, eight glasses, what you should. Oh, that might be too much. What? So very interesting. I mean, Grant, it's reasonable and it's logical that, no, you just can't go crazy and do this. Or on the other hand, you can't deprive your body of it. And we had this discussion with our nutritionist, Julia Carantius, one day uh, about the making sure what you do, you able, you're able to replenish that water. Yeah, exactly. Um, can I just point out something you said about reheating in the microwave? Just a really quick PSA uh, announcement. If you're totally blind like I am, check the labels of all the containers and bottles and this and that that you use. Because I tell you what, there are things, I reheating coffee in the microwave is okay if it's in a cup, but I actually mm-hmm. didn't realize until someone pointed it out to me that you're not supposed to reheat those, uh, you know, oh, gosh. caps because yeah. it's Oh, no, no, just, yeah. It, it's got plastic it, in yeah, it. Yeah, and yep. obviously you guys know there's some water bottles you're not supposed to reuse yeah uh, there's so- a lot of that stuff grant we'll, we'll get into that sometime we've got to run man but definitely it's its own subject of its own grant hardy talking health headlines with us we'll be back greg david talks tv in a moment Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs> 